This episode of the Cascadian Beer Podcast has been made possible by the BC Ale Trail. Arrive thirsty, leave inspired at bcaletrail.ca. With the current size of the craft beer market, standing out from the crowd has become more important than ever. Welcome to the Cascadian Beer Podcast. My name's Aaron and I'm a Cascadian. I have a background in radio and television broadcasting. I'm a music producer and have a passion for beer. I don't consider myself an expert in beer by any means, but I do enjoy and respect the craft and the passion of these brewmasters. I want to learn from these pioneers and what sets them apart from the rest and why they choose to call Cascadia their home. Cascadia is a bioregion in the Pacific Northwest on the North American continent. It's made up of the U.S. states of Washington and Oregon, as well as the Canadian province of British Columbia. In this podcast series, I profile the unique breweries of Cascadia, a region that has a strong presence on the international beer scene. I'm back on Vancouver Island, visiting a brewery that truly stands out from the BC beer scene. Category 12 is located just north of downtown Victoria, and they focus on being a little bit more experimental in the beers that they produce. My name is Michael Kuzik, and I'm president and head brewer of Category 12. And I'm Karen Kuzik, and I like to refer to myself as the operations ninja behind Category 12. Which, by the way, your avatar on your email is a ninja. I know. So, and that's why. Yeah, living it up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, where are we currently sitting? Well, right now we're in the tap room after close at Category 12. So we're at, we're at Category 12. And where exactly on the island are we located? We're on the Sandwich Peninsula, about halfway between downtown Victoria and the ferries to Vancouver. So we're a lot of people's first stop when they get to the island or their last stop on the way off the island. Right. And and you have product to go, right? <laughs> exactly. We can meet all their needs. <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, one of my favorite questions to ask, Michael, is how did beer find you? Oh, that's a great question. It's a random series of events. It would have started back in the 90s during graduate studies, living on a really paltry grad student stipend. And as everyone knows, grad students need to drink more than than they need to eat, but just minor stress involved, right? Just, just minor too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Nothing like two years into a degree realizing you may not really want to do this for the rest of your life, but eking it out for the next four and doing it anyways. (laughs) (laughs) So beer came into play home brewing. Um, a few fellow grad students, um, were getting into extract brewing at the time and I was totally intrigued and, and we basically, um, homebrewed a fair bit during grad studies, both at home and um, there was a lot of brew on premise shops back then too. But uh, yeah, it was definitely out of necessity, financial necessity as a grad student. What was that first brew? Do you remember? Oh man, it was some, some horrible pale ale that probably doesn't even resemble a pale ale, but it was mine and we drank it. Was it an extract or an all grain? It was extract. All grain came much later. Right. It always seemed really complex. Okay. Yeah. I was not a fan of Charlie Papazian's books. They were, they made it sound way too hard. I had to see it to understand how simple it was. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. So is the Michael going to release the practical guide to the joy of homebrewing? <laughs> we do it in a bit, in a bit of a way every year during Vic Beer Week, we host a homebrewing workshop in the brewery, talking for six hours to about 30 or 40 people who have never seen an all grain brew and we'll do it on our pilot system. All right. Fantastic. Yeah. Cool. So 
how did the idea for Category 12 then come about? That is a, that's, a, that's actually a cool story. So I was working at a scientific software company. It was probably like my fifth job after my PhD. And it was the longest one I'd stayed at. So I, I didn't hate it as many, as much as the others. And <laughs> homebrewing was my weekend passion and it became my experimental outlet. I re- quickly realized that I love every aspect of this from all the physical labor to squeegeeing the garage afterwards. I didn't mind any of it. I loved it. And friends were always kind of pushing and prodding me to open a brewery. And I had no idea what was involved or how you'd even do that. So I just laughed them off. And ultimately what ended up happening, I'd been at the company for five years and around the fourth anniversary, we had a second round of layoffs. And so that's not a very comfortable feeling. No. And, uh, we were quite happy to be back in Victoria with our family. And we really tried to think of ways that we could secure our control of our own livelihood a little bit. So Phillips Brewing is actually involved in the story because it was that week of the layoffs. Karen came up with the idea of the morale's really low in the office. Why don't you and your buddy, Chris, go out for this launch of a new beer down at Phillips? So she dropped us off. And we're like, that's a great idea. So I think she was gone for maybe two minutes and we get inside and uh, the guy behind the bar said, oh guys, that was yesterday. Mm. So we missed out on the free samples of Phillips, but we weren't going to leave without having a beer. So we headed over to Moon Brew Pub, had a couple pints and we talked about the concept of a brewery once again. And he, my buddy said he would invest and that kind of piqued my attention. And it was, there's no greater sign than a true friend that says, here's some money to chase your dream. Right. And I asked him, you know, I expected him to say, you know, some paltry minor sum, but it was a real amount of money. And that really kind of got the ball rolling. I knew enough people who were entrepreneurs And when I put my mind to something, I'm pretty convinced I can do it. So I'd never written a business plan, but I knew all the right people to talk to. And I spent about, was it about nine months polishing the business plan? And within that point, we had found everybody we needed to get this up and running. So Karen, what was your reaction then when he came home and said, uh, let's open a brewery? Like, was it talked about previous to, to this point or was it uh, kind uh, of You know, surprise? I think it's something, even when he came back from San Diego, after you had visited Hess Brewing originally, I remember you saying just what an amazing experience it was. And wouldn't it be great if we could do something like that? Did we ever seriously, or did I ever seriously think that we would be in this position? And the answer is no, not even remotely. Even when after that conversation with Chris, I still didn't actually believe it. Uh, I think that the concept of having your destiny in your own hands and the risk associated with that really didn't, it's not something that came naturally to either of us because we were so conservative for such a long time. But uh, the the idea of being married to somebody for another 50 years who was truly miserable uh, and, you know, with the specialization of his degree, we weren't necessarily in control of where we would end up. So yeah, I, I was on board in about a month after coming to terms with the fact that there is really no security in life and whether we bet the farm on it or get hit by a bus the next day is neither here nor there. So yeah. And then making, of course, transmutation helped considerably. So what was the idea for the beers that you wanted to start with? Like, were you just going to do your pale ale, lager, IPA? Like what what was the idea? You had a lot of thought. We did. I think it was really important that every aspect of this, right from the beers to the branding and everything else, uh, came across as genuine because it is a passion project to a certain extent. Obviously we don't do it alone. We have a great team behind us, but 
we didn't want to be the Me Too brewery who's just doing what everybody else is doing because that's what sells. We know that we're not defined by, well, obviously we're defined by bottom line to an extent, but there's more to it than just making as much money and being the biggest brewery for us. So We wanted to get noticed for our beers. We wanted to come up with bold flavor experiences, intentionally not middle of the road. And I had a great black IPA recipe. There was no other black IPAs in the Victorian market. So that was a natural fit. Uh, We also wanted to be known for half Belgian inspired beers. So the Saison was also another very natural fit. And that's the two beers we launched with. I know, yeah, that you always kick around the ideas. Oh, well, you need a pale ale, a porter and a lager. We, We eliminated most of those right off the bat. We still haven't done a lager. It doesn't mean we won't ever do a lager, but we have fun with any kind of yeast. So uh, pale ale was hot on the heels of those two first beers, but transmutation was our fourth release. And that's almost a 10% Belgian specialty ale. I'm in conversation with category 12. I just wanted to take a moment just to thank the BC Ale Trail for making this episode possible because part of starting this podcast series was for me to explore my own backyard and British Columbia has a vast backyard and it can be a bit daunting when you're trying to organize your own adventure. But luckily for the craft beer enthusiasts out there, the BC Ale Trail has made it possible for you to plan your next trip. At bcltrail.ca, you'll find recommended itineraries for each region of the province, a comprehensive list of every craft brewery in BC, a calendar of beer events, and a blog with lots of great stories. And the regional ale trails include local breweries, pubs, and restaurants, along with other great activities the area has to offer. So whether you're planning a weekend trip or just want to be a tourist in your own backyard, let the BC Ale Trail guide you to your next beer adventure. Arrive thirsty, leave inspired at bcltrail.ca. All right, let's jump back into the conversation with Category 12 with Michael and Karen. You told me earlier about the uh, transportation ale. Absolutely. Uh, Transmutation was what I like to call the TSN turning point in this whole process uh, because it was the first beer that Michael made at home that I loved. And it's partially because I consider myself a recovering wine drinker and um, finding a beer that wasn't super bitter, that had all the complexity and enjoyment that just you know, makes me enjoy wine so much was a first and haven't really looked back from there. We've since had incarnations of that in bourbon barrels, just anything to add to that, that tasting enjoyment. Also happy to report that uh, Karen enjoys an Imperial IPA now as well. Wow. Oh yes, very much so. And that was never the case six years ago, which is crazy. It's true. Mm. I know. It's- and I do love your uh, espresso stout actually. And I, <laughs> mm-hmm. so do I. <laughs> <laughs> That's another Karen beer for sure. Yeah. That yes, but half the to beers on tap at any one time are to make me happy. <laughs> and we're fortunate that we do have pretty diverse tastes. And I think it's important for us personally to educate people that not all craft beer has to be hoppy, that there's an incredibly diverse range that isn't necessarily a lager that you can get that tasting enjoyment out of um, at varying degrees of alcohol. So I feel very strongly about that. And that is reflected in what we offer over the course of the year. So it's always exciting and always new stuff. So cool. We got the beers in place. So what about the name? What's behind the name category 12? Oh yeah. That, that is a question that comes up a lot. So it's not the earthquake that's going to separate Vancouver Island, like way out into the Pacific. No, right? we wanted like, something definitely intriguing, a little, a little bit sticky from a memory perspective. And it, we were kicking around sci-fi themed names and brands to kind of play off my background. And area 51 was something that we love the sounds of. So category 12 is a bit of a 
slightly inspired by Area 51. The clincher was, it reminded me of Carbon 12 in my research when abbreviated. So that was the real kind of aha moment on selecting the name. And then does that explain the beakers that the little tasters come in? It does. And from the other purely practical side, we had done a lot of uh, research to make sure that we weren't stepping on anyone's toes from a trademark perspective. So it was a completely important. blank slate. Yes, especially with the increasing number, you know, at that time even. And this is uh, 2013 or 2012 already, I think we were looking into that. So it gave us a blank slate for our artwork, our brand to leverage a genuine differentiator with Michael's background. So we've had a lot of fun with it for sure. Okay, cool. So we got the brewery underway. We got the beers in line. So from the initial idea to actually opening the doors, how long was that time frame? Just under two years. From that conversation over a beer at Moon Underwater to opening our doors was about a month shy of two years. Wow. Yeah. And that's a great turnaround, actually. Yeah, we were pretty proud of that for sure. So what was the size of the brew house that you started with? Uh, 15 hectoliters. It's fabricated a kilometer away from the brewery. It's specific mechanical and all of our tanks in our cellar are fabricated by them too, which has been really cool to be able to, you know, support jobs in the same community that we work in. And being so close, if it breaks, they're just down the road. So. It's amazingly convenient. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a candy store for parts. Yeah. yeah. Well, at the time that we opened, we were the only brewery on the island that had a complete specific mechanical system from brew house to cellar. And now everyone in Victoria, we're proud to report, also has the mm-hmm. same going on. Much bigger scale, mind you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're on the Yeah. So what is the total size of you now? Um, our cellar is 420 hex. All right. And, and any plans to expand the brew house or um, is it comfortable? At no, the, the brew house, I don't, you know, we, we've defined our vision of where we want to get to and it's within the capac- max capacity of that brew house. So we don't want to be huge. We want to make really cool beers that serve a limited market and be in control of our destiny. Mm-hmm. And work with awesome people. And the people who like our beers tend to also be awesome people. So it's mutually beneficial all around. We're, mm-hmm. we're doing very well on that front. Yeah, you'll see more wood-aged releases coming from us over time, uh, slower beers. We rolled out a Brett program January last year. We released three Brett uh, fermented beers last year. We've got a couple in barrels right now. So that's going to be a recurring theme because I find with my microbiology background, it's just fascinating the aromas and flavors you get out of Brett. Are you going to do any uh, wild yeast capture? Is that? Definitely. That was actually a, a side project that I had on the go last summer that I just failed. I did all the research and just didn't get around to executing it. So that's, I'm waiting for the fruit to be on the local, local trees again this year. And I'm going to do that for sure. All right. So what about opening day? Were you guys slammed? Did you run out of beer? (laughs) How was opening day? Crazy. The parts of it that I remember (laughs) were amazing. Uh, We had been up till 2 a.m. the night before with packaging. I don't think we were prepared at the time for the amazing turnout that we had. Uh, We had only used social media. We didn't have the budget for uh, this massive media launch and awareness. So it was really just the keen people who had followed us on social media for the build-out process, which occurred pretty quickly. We weren't one of these breweries that talks about opening for a very long period of time. Mm -hmm. We announced when we had our space and we knew that we were going to execute on the plan, which was a whopping five and a half months from taking possession of the space to opening and really not any longer than that on social and media. And then again, when, when was this? Uh, when we launched or when we announced our, uh, 
It would have been this summer. Pending opening. Yeah, it was GCBF, Great Canadian Beer Festival, 2014 here in Victoria. And yeah, since then, it's been great. We were, we feel strongly supported. We sold out of all the beer we made right away within five days. And Michael's such a stickler for consistency and quality that uh, we didn't have a yeast propagator at that time. So we were actually had to close until January again. So yeah, it's yeast been really- husbandry. <laughs> it's an art. <laughs> but was that just packaged product or that was everything? That was everything. Everything. Yeah. yeah. Wow. We had yeah. a smaller seller at the time. We rolled out uh, draft to licensees. We rolled out packaged product to stores. Jeff, our original employee, and I were out in the van delivering when the tap room opened. And we were like writing invoices by hand. It was a little chaotic and hilarious to look back on, actually. <laughs> right. So you package your product. I've seen it in cans. I've seen it in bottles. Do you have a canning line back there? Do you have a bottling line? How do you take care of that? No, totally. We, we have our own bottling line and we use West Coast Canning from Vancouver for our canning. Mm-hmm. And what is the reach of, uh, of that? We focus heavily on the island and the lower mainland. Those are our primary markets. And we do creep into the Okanagan and the interior of BC as well. All right. Yeah. So if somebody was wanting to come out here and visit you, I mean, it'd be great to see you guys, but like what else locally, like like in this immediate vicinity, because we are kind of out of the city, like what what is there to do? Uh, this is really the only place you need to go to. Um, we're on the main drag to Bouchard Gardens, and we're really fortunate to be surrounded by wonderful corroborators. Basically, we've got a family-owned winery that's also on the way to Bouchard Gardens, um, artisanal gin and whiskey made at Divine Vineyards, Victoria distillers. It's its own little microcosm. Sea cider. And sea cider as well. Yeah, it's its own little microcosm. And you guys are also, uh, like like you mentioned before, there's kind of one of few ways on and off this island and you kind of need to pass by here to, uh, to, to get on and off. Yeah. If somebody else was wanting to go down this path of opening up their own brewery themselves, uh, what would be some advice that you can give them? I think having a plan. I think that the, honestly, the industry does not, it is so busy that jumping into it with the perception that there's a lot of money to be made, that it's easy, is a common misconception. There are certainly success stories out there, very much so, but going in there without knowing what it is you're getting into and the risks involved, not just in the short term with the build out, but what your cash flow is going to look like two years down the road is very important. And I'd say do it for the right reasons. If you're passionate about the beer, get into it for the beer. Don't get into it as a business opportunity because the craft beer scene doesn't need that. We've got people who are passionate about it. But also it's like not just the beer as well. I mean, uh, there is a real community tie to it as well, right? Know your local market. There's a lot of underserved markets in the province still. I would have, I would recommend having opened in the lower mainland three years ago. I wouldn't do it now. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's it's a market that's going hyper local, and make what your local market wants. I mean, and, and like you guys are purchasing locally. I mean, you have your fabricator cool. like right down the road. I mean, like what about your ingredients? Like where where are those coming from? Uh, when we, it comes to fruit, we're using a local farm just around the corner. We just used thousand dollars of blackberries. Yeah, and- a couple hundred kilos of blackberries in our sour that's launching at liftoff. Wow. I mean, our malt is partially BC sourced. We use Cambernus in Armstrong. Most of the hops are from Washington, which, you know, it's almost a hundred miles as the crow flies to Yakima, where about 80% of the craft beer hops are grown in North America. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no arguing with the 
biggest hop growing region in North America. No. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in BC Hop Company, I mean, there's certainly, BC is coming into its own and we look forward to that opportunity to utilize BC hops that are actually grown here. Yeah, so it's great to see that resurgence. It's definitely coming and we're happy to support it whenever possible. Yeah, our fresh hop uh, release this year was all Chilliwack Valley hops. And if somebody was just going in this for the home brewing side of it, Michael, what would be some tips that you would give the home brewer to make better beer? Uh, definitely try and control your fermentation temperature. I think one of the biggest advantages of being at a commercial scale is you have such tight control over your fermentation temperature. That's a huge one. And grow your own yeast. Yeast starters are not hard. And yeast health is the number one most important thing with a good fermentation. And good sanitation. Sanitation, for sure. Always. Michael and Karen, thank you very much. Thanks, Aaron. Thank you very much. Thank you so much to Michael and Karen for their time. It was such such a lovely time visiting with them. And their beers are fantastic. And if you're really looking for something that's definitely out of the normal, a little bit more experimental, I definitely recommend checking out Category 12. Thank you very much, you two, for your time and hope to see you guys again soon. And thank you for listening. And I uh, would like to thank the BC Ale Trail for making this episode possible as well. You can check them out at bcaletrail.ca. And what do you know? Category 12 is on the BC Ale Trail for Victoria. If you want to check out more episodes of this podcast series, you can do so by going to cascadian.beer. We're also on all the social medias like facebook.com forward slash cascadian beer. We're on Twitter at cascadian beer and on Instagram at cascadian beer podcast. Thank you so much again for listening. I really do appreciate it. And until next time, remember, support your local.